Welcome to A Bad Neighborhood. I'm M, they, them, and this is Karen, she, her. Hi. And today we are going to be talking about the bad neighborhood that makes up a bad neighborhood. Let's start with where is the bad neighborhood? All right. So I lived in, lived past tense in a place called Woodbridge, Virginia. And recently I was looking up the, uh, <laughs> the crime statistics of my specific zip code. And <laughs> to tell you about Woodbridge, I think the Google automatic suggestions just covers the whole thing. So we get hit with bad areas of Woodbridge. Is Woodbridge ghetto? Is Woodbridge a safe place to live? Is Woodbridge safe? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't get over that. Yeah, that's... It's just insane to me <laughs> that these questions come up. And, I mean, it ma it makes sense on some level. I knew it was supposed to be kind of like the sketchy place, but I lived in, like, the, the good side of the bad side of town. It was very suburb. Very, very suburb. You look across the street and crime rates decrease rapidly. <laughs> That's where Karen was. Well, when, whenever I talk about where I grew up, I say I grew up in a suburb of a suburb of D.C. Because we're kind of like a suburb of Alexandria, I would say, which is a suburb of D.C. We're like far out from D.C., far enough away that, you know, kids still have parents that worked in D.C. Like my mom worked in D.C. for a few years so, like, I knew a lot of kids that their parents worked in, in D.C. and would commute there. D.C. was high crime because it's a metropolis. And then Alexandria was also high crime, but not as high because, one, it's not the capital of the country. And two, it's not even a capital. So it's not really a city. And then there was Woodbridge, which I never considered a high crime area. Yeah. I mean... We we wandered free, free pasture. Yeah. It wasn't like the 70s, but. <laughs> I mean, the 70s is when everybody started locking their doors. So, <laughs> I mean, after Ted Bundy and all that, people started uh, taking care of closing their doors and not helping people as much as they did before. Even if you grew up in a good neighborhood, it was like. You still had to be you careful. You close and you lock your door. You close and you lock your doors. If somebody knocks, you go, who is it? Who is it? And you don't open the door. Yeah. Who is it? You maybe peek out the window, but... You know, that that's something you notice a lot when, when you're younger and you're watching older movies. You, did you ever have that talk with your parents where, don't open the door, it doesn't matter who, if somebody says they're hurt and they need help, you... you call somebody you don't open the door you ever get that talk i mean yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you never open the door <laughs> you never open the door you never get into someone's car you never like mm -hmm. don't talk to strangers stranger danger yeah oh yeah oh man stranger danger was big yeah i actually got to to pull out the uh did you did your parents ever set a password for for you yeah my mom did my mom and I. Yeah, I got to pull that out once. Whoa. <laughs> we we had a friend of the family who lived around the corner. Mm -hmm. 
And my mom always told me, all right, so if somebody comes up to you and they're like, hey, your mom is so-and-so where and where or whatever, then you say, what's the password? And if they don't give you the password, then you say no. And then she forgot about it. Oh. (laughs) So a family friend went to go pick me up from uh, from the bus stop. And he's like, hey, your mom's at my place. Why don't you hop in? I'll drive you over. And I'm like, what's the password? (laughs) I'm like eight years old. What's the password? (laughs) And he went, password? What are you talking about? And I went, I'm not going with you. (laughs) I don't know you. You don't know the password. (laughs) I told him. I told him. I'm going to go home. And I'm going to call my mom. He went, um, but she's okay. So I make it home and I call my mom on the house phone. And she's like, why didn't you just get in the car with him? Because he didn't didn't know know the the password. password. (laughs) And my mom's like, oh, well, you know where his house is, right? You could just walk on over. Okay. That this is uh, the first and only time I've ever had to use the password. Wow. For us it wasn't so much a preventative as it was a a signal. My mom was like, "Okay, if you're ever in trouble, like if you're ever like on a date with a boy or if you're ever somewhere and someone's trying to say like call your mom and and let her know that you want to stay over with a friend and Something like that. It was just, it was like a very like weird, like specific scenario. Oh, I get it though. It was like a passphrase. Yeah, it was like, ask if you can stay with Del and she would know that I, that she had to say no. That's very clever. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Like. that. That's way better than my password. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the passwords are, are good for like letting your friends know like hey if you give the kid this password like it's okay they they know but what's the password yeah but if it's like a very specific scenario in which you are like in a really sticky situation that's also a good thing to have too yeah i i was put in in self-defense classes yeah which i was a human weapon you were a human (laughs) weapon i remember this Wait, really? I remember thinking you were. Like, I, I, I did damage um, quite a few things just by... Well, also, you being... you punched people. Like, I knew that about you. Yeah. You, you did not not punch people. I was, like, surprised at that. And I was like, wow, they, uh, they, they don't mess around. <laughs> and to me, that was, like, <laughs> supremely, like, I felt safer <laughs> around you. Because you, you didn't, you're smaller than everyone, but that didn't stop you from punching people. Oh, yeah. I'd punch and kick people a lot. I think that's why everybody's parents trusted me, even though I would go, I, I, w- I would have people come over and then I'd be like, I'm going to take your child into the woods for hours at a time until it gets dark. And they're like, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think my mom knew that we were going to the woods and I was like, yeah, we're just going to go exploring. And she was like, okay, have fun. Cause <laughs> like she knew I was responsible and that I'd come home. Yeah. Cell phones were a thing at the time. So 
if we were in trouble, we'd have cell phones. And I, th- I think all the parents also know that that I, I'm staunchly like teetotal. I don't chuck with anything. No, yeah. Like, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I, <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. So <laughs> I will always remember the day when we um we were driving. We saved the turtle. The turtle. The turtle day. The turtle day. Oh, amazing. <laughs> okay, so we were driving back. I think to my place and we were driving on the road and there was like a snapping turtle in the middle of the road. And there was already a guy who was trying to convince the snapping turtle to get out of the road. And he was using like a stick. We like didn't want to park on this kind of not really a main road, but main neighborhood road. So we pulled off and parked in front of a house and then went and uh, helped this guy get the snapping turtle out of this out of the street and i remember it was a great time you it, remember all those people who stopped and they're like you guys are such good samaritans yeah oh my gosh you're saving a turtle that's so good of you like, oh my oh, god wow. so i don't think i even did anything i just watched <laughs> but like you, you gave moral support at least <laughs> that's that's my purpose in the zombie apocalypse is the moral support oh yeah i sit in the van (laughs) i make the sandwiches look i'm not good for much but i can i can talk you up to go chop some heads it works (laughs) after we were done we we like we're feeling really good about ourselves like we saved a turtle and then we uh walked back to the car and this woman came out of her house because we had parked in front of her house and she said can you stop drinking alcohol in the woods and parking in front of my house? This is the only time we've parked in front of your house, lady. <laughs> yeah, we've never stopped here before. We have no reason to stop here. We don't know you. Yeah. We don't know this neighborhood. We just stopped for the turtle. Yeah, like, we were just moving the turtle. I remember you being so upset. <laughs> oh, I, I was sitting as like, Karen, you don't look like you smoke or drink. And I was like, but I but do. She did. <laughs> she loved the smoke or drink in the playground. I would never do that. <laughs> and she doesn't know that. Why would she think that I did that? What about me says that I smoke and drink in the playground? That's like exactly what she said, too. <laughs> 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 I don't remember it, but I can imagine that's what I said because I was such a little shit. And also that stuff still upsets me today. <laughs> yeah. Nothing nothing about you ever said that you smoked or drank. You were you were like the quintessential very, like you were even in like baby blue top with a white shirt or something over it and you had like these shorts on and like you looked like you went to church (laughs) (laughs) because i did all the time i was in my church choir not even the children's choir the adult choir because i i would have preferred if she had focused a little more on me because like i'm a little short angry thing and i was where i was wearing duct tape and like my vest was all torn up I'm sitting there wearing all black and and you know being a teenager and she she looks at at, at the two people who are like the least likely to look like they went out for a smoke and a drink in the woods 
Yeah, she she was like jabbing her little trowel at us and everything. Oh my god, yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> but it was that kind of neighborhood. You didn't really get any any crime or anything. Like you literally had people stopping to say, Thanks for saving that turtle. What a good job you're doing. And then the most everybody ever really worried about was people smoking and drinking in the woods. Like it was actually a really decent area. Mm-hmm. That's why when people always called Woodbridge Hoodbridge, it just confused me. Because I'm like, yeah. what about Woodbridge's hood? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Turns out if you kept going down Smoketown, then it got kind of iffy. Because <laughs> there was the whole rap video that was made calling it, like, Hood Bridge and everything. And I, I remember when I was in elementary school being asked my specific zip code in Woodbridge. Oh. And the woman I was talking to, she was one of the teachers, and she's like, Oh, no, you don't live in Woodbridge. You don't live in my Woodbridge. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm eight. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay. So I guess we lived in probably like the, I guess, wealthier side of Woodbridge. That speaks to my upbringing and all of that is that I was never exposed to Hoodbridge. We were both like in nice housing developments with HOAs and mine had a community pool. It was it was pretty glamorous. Yeah. Air quotes glamorous. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I've seen many worse neighborhoods. I've lived in worse neighborhoods now, but the place was safe ish. It was fairly safe. I think the worst thing that actually happened to me was was like unrelated to the actual area we were lived in living in and more related to the one weird anomaly that we had. Right. But this place, it was safe. You found interesting things in the woods. We would hike in the woods for hours. I mean, people didn't go into the woods and disappear. When you entered the woods, you would know if you faced one direction or the other where you'd come out. Because there there were some woods that were, you. it would stretch for miles, but on either side you would have houses. Yeah. Or strips of trees would separate different housing developments. There was one that I went through uh, near Daly where you jumped a stream, you climbed up the hill, and then you were in a completely different neighborhood. Yeah. And that's how I was getting to school before we could drive. We would just go through the woods to get to the bus stop. If you went in another direction, you came out behind a strip mall and you could see the mall in the distance. If you go off in another direction... There's just, like, some friendly abandoned places. I say friendly abandoned places because it really wasn't uh, dangerous to go to these places. You you don't go in expecting to get stabbed. You go in and you, like, shove your hand into a dark hole and you expect to get that hand back. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you'd find beer bottles shattered and things like that. Like, it, it was probably a place where other teenagers went and had parties on Friday nights or something. But... We didn't do that. So we went there during the day. (laughs) I mean, we were teenagers. We were very teenage teenagers, but like there were certain parts of being teenagers that we were weird about. Like we we did all all the the skulking around during the day. We didn't sneak out or anything. 
all parents always knew where we were. I had a little backpack that I carried a health kit and a water bottle in when we hiked. (laughs) I always had my cell phone and all of the parents had my number. (laughs) You were a very responsible friend. I think that's why my mom likes you. Yeah, I I get a little weird about all that stuff. Because I know what to do in situations. Yeah. I, I I wasn't really scared of anything yeah. back then. I can't say the same now, but back then, definitely, like, anything that year, yeah, I could probably take. And we had weird things in this neighborhood that, the like, the specific little housing development that I lived in, you know, that, that were, it was weird, but in the non-paranormal sense, we had uh, the the house on the corner that was haunted that nobody ever lived in for more than a year, except I never thought about it. But almost everybody had military parents, so (laughs) people were in and out all the time. We had my weird cultist neighbors. We had uh, what I called the Chucky car. The what? The Chucky car, which terrified me as a child because, you know, I would go for long walks. This was like a weird habit of mine. Immediately after school, I would go for walks and I would just disappear for hours at a time, uh, which was a problem at first and then everybody just got used to it so <laughs> i would as a child my ranging was you know the actual sidewalks of the place and i didn't disappear into the woods just yet but you know if i took the long way home like the really long way home there was a car it terrified me because i grew up on horror movies and i knew who chucky was from child's play And this little bastard was sat in the front of a vehicle, like, in the windshield with his little hands raised. And the windshield was cracked. And on the inside of this car was, like, all these dolls and shit. And, like, whoever owned that car absolutely knew what they were doing because they would go in and they would move that little fucker around. Don't like that. It was awful. Like, I was convinced that the Chucky doll in there was possessed by something and was trying to break out through that windshield. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we had that. There was, I don't know, we, we had our own little ice cream man that came through. Huh. Except instead of um the, the Pop Goes the Weasel music, he played rap. Oh, fun. Yeah. And then all the neighborhood kids would come up and, you know, we would get our, our little misaligned dudes and then the wrap ice cream truck would wrap away <laughs> uh like this it was really funny to us like the inside was velvet what? and things like that and yeah dude okay like they decked this thing out it was the actual ice cream truck they actually had the ice creams in there but they also had like beads and stuff hanging and they had like velvety interior and like they had um speakers so that when they closed the the uh you know the little screen or whatever uh, for you know the hole where they stick their hands up from the hand the window the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> uh-huh you look i can remember what you were wearing on the day that we <laughs> saved a turtle but i can't remember the word window summertime or when it was starting to get warm, so it was like spring, summer. It would roll in right by the uh, the little community center with the pool. Mm. <laughs> and it, it was like specifically when we got off the bus, it would be waiting. 
Yeah. <laughs> like these people were, were financial geniuses. Yeah. They they knew. <laughs> They're like, okay. They knew where to go. The kids are getting out of school at this time. We've got to be there with our fudgesicles and our uh, SpongeBob ice cream bars. <laughs> we'll be blasting Sir Mix-a-Lot. So, like, that was the the little quirks of, of that specific neighborhood. I mean, it was it was kind of a community and kind of a weird suburb where nobody knows each other. It was both at the same time. It was really weird. It was also the kind of place where you had a literal graveyard across from the Applebee's. Yeah. Now, we talked about going to the woods a bunch before. You know, most of the time we would go into the woods and we would pop out and there would be the back wall of the old newspaper printing place was torn down so you could climb down into the uh, the printing area. Or you would go behind the high school and there would be this weird set of benches and a lectern for people to give outdoor sermons. Dude, I don't know what was going on with that. Cult, 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 cult. I'm feeling cult. I remember bringing a table there, which was just a, a you know those giant wire spools? Yeah. That people just yeah. have? Yeah, we found one of those and we brought it in. Wow. We also constructed bridges. Wow. Because uh, people would just leave stuff like ladders and things. Leave their ladders in the woods? Yeah. Like, I want to say that's for murder reasons, but I, I can't think of what it would mean. It just means that they left their ladder in the woods. I mean, you find everything out why there. Why would you leave a ladder in the woods? Why? I why don't know. Would you, just because. Why would you take a ladder into the woods if not for murder? You know, there was random shit in the woods. The area specifically where we lived, the weirdest thing that you found in the woods was an abandoned farm in a cemetery. Even then, that's still not, like, super weird for Virginia. No. I don't think it's weird for a lot of places. Yeah, you just walk into the woods and, and you find a cemetery. It, maybe some people would think that's weird, but I, I think as Virginians, that's a Saturday. Par for the course. Or Tuesday. Yeah, it's it's normal. Um, and I was actually able to look up this area. Um, nothing nothing really compares to, to the amount of... of <laughs> juvenile giggling that i got when i when i found the cemetery that we lived near it is the glass cock family <gasps> cemetery <laughs> yes i've been holding on to that ever since i looked it up you have no idea how hard it was to keep that locked in. <laughs> the Glasscock Family Cemetery. Oh my god. That is incredible. And it's it's really easy to actually find everything. The um the, the proper location was called Oak Hill. Like the cemetery? No, the whole area. Oh. Uh right where you could actually go into the woods. There would be this plaque uh, because Virginia, there's like a whole business around making historical plaques for everything. Ours was the Glasscock Cemetery, Oak Hill. Um, and it specifically says 
Here are interned members of the Glasscock family of Oak Hill. Burr Glasscock, 1812 to 1806, brought his family here from Fakir. What? I... I don't know how to pronounce this. Fakir? Fakir? Fakir County? Fakir? Fakir? Yes. Yes, you know what? Fakir. That sounds right. Um, you can say Fakir. Oh my god, the Glasscock's Fakir. <laughs> the Glasscock's Fakir! Oh, oh my, my god, god, I'm so sorry. What is happening to the state? <laughs> oh, he brought... <laughs> Burr Glasscock brought his family here from Fakir County in 1851. In 1870, he became the first county supervisor from the Occoquan District. His son, William Beauregard Glasscock, who was a county who was a county supervisor, is buried at Pohick Church in Fairfax County. In 1856, Burr and M.Z. Glasscock donated the land on which Bethel Methodist Church stands. Hey. The house, Oak Hill, was built about 1846 and fell into ruin between 1938 and 1968. The Glasscocks of Fakir County are responsible for the, the church that you went to as a child. Wow. It comes full circle. Uh, I'll, I'll be actually like linking this information in the show notes mm-hmm. because it, it it sounds fake. It sounds fake. It sounds fake. It sounds fake. Yeah, this is right there. They, somebody put a fence around all of the little uh, headstones and everything, and there was like a whole bunch. And you can even see on Google Maps, uh, you can see the house and the farm. And everything, like I say, farm in air quotes. It's not really farm. It's barn. Um, it's yeah. There's a barn, and presumably further in, it, it was actually hard to get in. Uh, when everything was green, you really had to shove things around to get back there. Yeah. Presumably, there was a house, but we only ever got as far as that little stable slash shed. Mm-hmm. There's a huge amount of graves in there. I say huge amount, but it, it's fourteen. 14 graves. In that little plot? Yeah. Wow. And some of these people, like, born 1812, died 1896. Like, the most recent person interred there, it looks like, is, yeah, it's Akilah Asbury Glascock. May 24th, 1929 was when he died. They must be buried vertically. Because it is small. I know, it is really small. I wonder if like, all of these people are actually buried here, or if it's just family monuments. Yeah, that might be. I don't know. You, you have all these grave markers. I, I'm not sure if uh, people are actually buried underneath these markers. Or if they're just memorials. Yeah. How it comes into the paranormal aspect, I never experienced anything near the cemetery. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Maybe it's because no one's there. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, my experience of anything even vaguely paranormal was by the fucking HOA building. By the community pool. Weird. My my housing development was split between these apartments and the townhomes. And what separated them was the HOA building with the community pool. And then a man-made lake, which was just 
bursting with Canadian geese. They loved it there. Mm. I loved those geese. Those geese were my friends. <laughs> I'd bring bread. I now know you shouldn't be feeding bread to ducks. These guys ate fucking everything. And I, you know what I didn't know is that people put fish in this man-made lake. <gasps> um, so there were fish there, too. You know, I used to go and I, I, I would hang out with my friends. There wasn't, like, anything to do except hang out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would end up walking home and it would start getting dark out. And, you know, I wanted to take the fastest route home because I guess fuck sidewalks and lit walkways. Mm -hmm. So what I would do was I would go cross, shortest distance would be around the lake and then cutting directly into the housing development Mm -hmm. instead of going to the corner of the street and then making the turn. So it, it was just like, not even really like it, it it was grass there was just grass and like some decorative trees and i'd be walking and not really doing anything but i would be hearing something behind me and in the trees i'd be walking and then i'd stop walking stop because i kept hearing something behind me and being raised by a family that was like in the area where the night stalker was stalking mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> they'd be like if somebody's following you kill them and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you want to be sure like if you're being followed or not so you can actually you know do something about that you can stab them yes yeah, so you could kill them at some point I, I was like this this happened a lot It wasn't just a one-time thing. It happened a lot. It it was almost every time that I walked home that I would hear it behind me. And I'm standing there like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Am I going nuts? I don't get it. Because, like, I I sometimes even took the the sidewalk route and I wouldn't hear this. Hmm. But for some reason, that specific area, I'd be walking. And then sometimes I would stop. And then the walking sounds would continue. And it kept happening. It kept happening. <sighs> Until, like, I, at some point, I stopped and I said, can you please stop following me? Do you know what I heard? Uh-huh. No, 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 no. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> no, no, no. I ran home. Yeah. Because the sounds usually stopped by the time I, I got into the town townhome area proper. Oh, my God. But it's so stressful. I, I know you. You. You're just a kid walking home, and you're just like, "What is that noise? It sounds like somebody's following me." And you know, you fit, do the thing where you fake out a step, and then it goes, and you're like, "Oh, shit!" <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, at some point, just, just like, see, I, I grew up believing very very much in ghosts so i thought okay something's following me mm-hmm. i gotta say something and you you watch all these like horror shows ghost shows on tv and they're all like just loudly announce stop it and so i'm like can you please stop and just having the the sound come at me <laughs> yeah no thank you no thank you it was horrible at some point i stopped taking that route i I think the weirdest thing was I didn't stop taking it right away. Uh-huh. 
I just put up with it for as long as I was hanging out in that area. I just wanted to get home faster regardless if there was an invisible presence following me or not. Oh my god. I think, though, that that was part of the reason I stopped hanging out over in that area. We started just going into the woods instead. Because the woods were cre- less creepy. That's so <laughs> Than having that sound. I'm less scared of Mothman and more afraid of this fucking ghost that keeps following me home. But also, the Mothman did not live in those woods. <laughs> the The whole area was average. Except for that one little thing. <laughs> and I mean, you you talked o- only a snippet about some of the weird things, like the haunted house and then your cult neighbors. Yeah, I think the, the cult neighbors would be an entire episode unto themselves. Yeah. <laughs> that haunted house up, like, it. it's looking back now, we can guess that it was probably because people were moving in and out all the time you said but it was probably because you know military families yeah i mean that doesn't account for the woman in the window but you know um huh did i did i did i not talk about that i've not heard this story so i i actually knew people that lived there a few times one one of the people was like i'm gonna bleep her name out but her name was <laughs> oh. And I just thought that was the funniest thing because lived in the uh in in the haunted house yeah. that nobody could live in for longer than a year. Woo-hoo. Uh, it 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 wasn't like an extraordinary house. Um, it wasn't any bigger. It wasn't any fancier than any of the other houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that apparently was just the one house that everybody singled out and, and was terrified of. Uh, I, I guess just because it gave everybody a bad feeling. And, I mean, I would be nervous around this house, too. But, you know, I pass it every day because I would slip into the, the little area behind it and pop out immediately on my street with my house in sight. So, like, it, it wasn't enough to keep me from going into the area. I also had the, the thing that ran at me. You know, I'm a really bad gauge. I'm realizing this now. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, man. The haunted house was just a place that we looked at and we're like, oh, it's haunted. It's frightening. And it it had other problems unrelated to being haunted. The the place wasn't really frightening at all. There was the lady in the window uh, who would persist through however many amounts of people were there, uh, which you only saw sometimes. For some reason, my main memory of the inside of the house was the first time I had a milkshake because I had never had a milkshake before I went in. Huh. <laughs> yeah, it's an odd memory to associate with it, but there was uh, like a high window that you could see somebody looking down at you, and you know she was like all in white, and she would just stand there and she would stare down, and the. That was it. It wasn't very exciting. Uh, I, I guess she may have been a ghost or something, but you know, weird. I, I mean, th- this this podcast is, is here to talk about paranormal things, and and it, for some reason that ghost just I I always forget. Yeah, like because <laughs> it, it's so not not um it it, it almost makes no impression. Hmm. <laughs> 
That's so interesting. Cause she's, she's like a, a presence that just kind of persisted through the changing tenants. Yeah. Sometimes you would see a woman standing there and then sometimes you just see uh like a curtain move and you know a curtain moving can be anything and it probably was anything uh but there are times when the house is empty you would see this woman there and she just stood there and she looked at you huh sometimes i would apologize really loudly when i went into the backyard but that that's about it it was not a very exciting haunting I, I guess some people would be like, oh my gosh, I would kill this to be able to see this ghost. But it it, it just didn't stand out for me at all. Like, in, in the area immediately where she looked down and, like, I remember I, I, somebody got off the bus and beat me up before. I remember that more than I remember the ghost. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I would probably remember getting beat up, too. <laughs> Ghost doesn't kind of leave the house and try to beat me up. Yeah. What's the ghost going to do? Like, I don't like getting looked at. That's it. I don't know why this is so unsettling to me. It's just, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how how would you have reacted if it was just like a normal thing to have like this really pale lady in a white dress stare down at you when you were coming home from school every day? I I don't know. I would probably be... Would you would you even notice? I don't know. That, that's the thing. Probably not. I tried not to look in people's windows because my mom said it was rude. I never gave a shit about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I would sneak looks. <laughs> I guess my question is a bad neighborhood. How did you decide the, on the name? Because it doesn't sound like it was a, necessarily a bad neighborhood. Yeah, you know... It actually started from, I I wanted to submit things to a horror zine. And, like, I had written a bunch of stories. And I had the thumbnails and everything. And they were all uh, horror stories based on what had happened to me as a kid with the ghost shit. I didn't make it into the zine, so I never actually ended up drawing those comics to completion. And I I still have not ended up drawing them. I've only ever drawn the first story. Like, I called it a bad neighborhood because it was going to be a bunch of horror stories taking place in one neighborhood. It's just describing where I live now. Lived past tense. Yeah. Because that's where most of the paranormal shit happened. Yeah. Like, I I actually, I left the paranormal when I left Virginia. Yeah. (laughs) Because after I left. I have not had any experiences since then, you know? I mean, sleep paralysis, whatever, that that stuff happens to you whether or not you're haunted. Um, yeah. Just the, the specific things that happened to me, it all stopped as soon as I left. Wow. It was fantastic. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening to A Bad Neighborhood. Uh, we update the podcast on Saturdays. If interest grows beyond the 20 or so people that are listening right now, uh, which by the way, thank you guys for listening. I guess I I will make a Twitter for this so people could tweet directly at the both of us. Yeah. Without having to remember how to spell Spats. C-L-O-R-I-N-S-P-A-T-S. It's spelled just like it sounds. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to A Bad Neighborhood, and have a good night.